This is episode 46 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. Hi, honey. Welcome back. Welcome to another week to our listeners. How are you doing, Maureen? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting jazzed for the return of regular Jeopardy next week. Why? What happened? Well, they were doing the teacher's tournament. I think oh, I, just... I thought you were saying he got kicked off. No, no, no. He'll be back. James Holtower will be back. I think I just said Jeopardy. Jeopardy. I didn't say uh, Jeopardy, the correct name. I said Jeopardy. The return of Jeopardy next week. Yeah, I'm excited. Jeopardy. We tuned in for James Holtower, and then I think we'll tune back in when he is back on the show after the teacher's tournament wraps this week. Before we get started on our snack bag topics this week, I just wanted to put out into our podcasting world, if you haven't liked and subscribed and left a comment and rated our podcast, please do so. It helps other people find our show. I know we always say this at the end of the show in our little tag at the end, but I thought I would say it up front. If you can, please leave us a rating and a review. That would be much appreciated. What Josh is saying is, we know you stop listening after the episode ends. You're like, okay, teaser's done. Bye. See ya. But it really would be great if you could leave us a little review. Take but people shouldn't. People shouldn't stop listening because there's always something a little special at the end. Yeah, I wonder how many people have ever actually gotten to that. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe more now that we're saying it. Yeah. I won't say any more. <laughs> Should we jump into the snack bag? Yes. I'm okay. I'm very fired up. We have two things to talk about in the snack bag and both of them I had a strong reaction to. Okay. So the first one, there's this ABC show called Fresh Off the Boat. It has been running on ABC for five seasons. First of all, I can't believe it's been five seasons. That's bananas. It's on their Wednesday night programming, which also has Modern Family, which we've talked about before, is going to end after next season. Well, every year at the end of the year, the network decides whether or not they want to renew shows or not. And they decided that Fresh Off the Boat was going to be renewed for a sixth season. Now, Fresh Off the Boat stars Constance Wu, who was also one of the stars of Crazy Rich Asians. And needless to say, she wasn't very pleased with the with the renewal i don't think that's a needless to say like that's like saying like it's a bad thing for her anyway she was very upset on twitter you guys very so upset that she literally tell tell them what she said she was cursing okay so she wrote on twitter right after the news of the renewal happened quote so upset right now that i'm literally crying ugh f end quote okay so when someone's job is secured. And then she went on to post several more things. Like people were responding, being like, so excited for you. And she's like, no, it's not exciting. Like literally she was responding to people. Okay, so let's take this in two segments. The first is I I don't think it's appropriate for someone to, to complain that their job has been renewed. I mean, there are a lot of people who want to be working. And there are a lot of people in this industry who want to be working. That would be like someone being like you know, darn, my federal contract got renewed and I have another job. Like, your boss would straight up fire you. That's ridiculous. I think that she was reacting to the fact that she 
apparently had another movie role that she had booked and was really looking forward to doing and didn't want to go back to the the comedy that she was doing on ABC. I mean, regardless, that's just it's just not appropriate to to complain about the fact that you are employed doing what you love for another year. Yeah, you're a famous working actor. Also, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. This show is what helped her get her start. Right. And it's really disrespectful. I think the second part of it is that she shouldn't have done it publicly. Like, it's fine if you want to yeah. tell your friends. We were talking about this today. Yeah, if you want to tell your friends. Call your mom. Yeah, yeah, your your family to say, look, I'm disappointed. I had this other thing lined up. But to go so public with it is is really seemingly pretty immature. But she did. She then did come out with an apology, sort of. She kind of said, like, oh, I, it was taken out of context. This isn't really what I meant. I, I'm very proud of the show. And then she sort of tried to tie it into the Me Too movement, like, believe women. It was very confusing. I, like I wasn't... her emotions were real. And here's what I have to say. I think she's a very talented actress. I think she basically had, like, a hissy fit, and she chose to do it publicly. And that is a big no-no. And she's going to have to suffer the consequences. Can you imagine her publicist? Oh, Constance, Constance, oh, but can you please delete your Twitter? But what in her, what would make her think that that is a good decision? That th- this is a bad decision for anyone at any level of fame, including not famous. You still wouldn't want to do this if like a job you just got, uh, it's just like fame aside, anyone shouldn't do this about their job. And the difference is, is that she will see no repercussions. She's going to stay on the show. But if someone did this in real life and their employer, you know, caught, you know, caught word of it, I think they would be gone from their job. So if I were them, I would write her off the show. Well, she's a main character. She's like the mom of the family. It's about a family. That would be hard to do. Anyway, it's it's interesting. We'll link Stars the article. behaving badly. That's yeah. my summary. Not the first time and certainly not the last. Our second snack bag topic. So... I don't want to. Yeah, guys. I don't want to get hilarious. into any spoilers uh, for Game of Thrones because I know we have some listeners out there who are still catching up or interested in watching the show. But needless to say, what am I? What is this? Needless to say, this week I just keep saying that, honey. Needless to say, needless and yet, to say, you're gonna say it. I'm gonna say it anyway. There is a character on the show who had a very strong character change. Let's just say that this character went from good to bad, and the problem is, is that. She used to be a really well-respected female, strong character. And so, as a result, parents around the United States in the past couple of years have been naming their kids after this character. Well, now she has turned evil and sort of had this really negative turn on the show in the second-to-last episode of Game of Thrones. And parents are sort of like, what have we done? Yeah, so the article was interviewing different parents and like some people have like babies with this name and some people have six-year-olds. And so they were saying, you know, like, oh, I told my six-year-old like the one dad was saying like he's not up. Usually it's like every Monday he updates her like this is what your namesake has done, which I thought was kind of weird to be telling a six-year-old child about Game of Thrones. Um, But (laughs) he's straight up not telling her this. Like he's like just going to say like, yeah, she she did some things, you know, but not get into the details because he doesn't want his daughter, you know, feeling bad that her namesake went bad. I want to I want to ask you though, this is not a normal name. It's it's not like it's Susan or or Karen. You know, the, those are like normal names so that you could say like, "Oh, you weren't named after that Susan or that Karen. You were named just Susan or Karen because we like those names." No, this is a name that doesn't exist anywhere else. So I think that's part of the problem. But what are your thoughts about naming? I mean, we had a discussion about this when we talked about another celebrity naming a baby at this point i can't remember who it was but what are your thoughts about naming children 
something that is not a, a normal name. I mean, to each their own. It's not the choice that I would make. Thankfully, it's not the choice you would make either. <laughs> I don't know. I think that if you are like a super fan and this like means a lot to you, then maybe it's something you want to do. But I think like perhaps you should wait until the story, you see the it's story finished. through before yeah. you decide. Definitely. And this is one where like the books were being written and then the books slowed down and then the show took over. And so now the show is creating, like the writers of the show are creating the narrative. So like, when people were naming their children, this wasn't finished. As in, it wasn't written down on paper. <laughs> it didn't. The story yeah, it wasn't gone done. Any which way? Well, that was a very diplomatic way of putting it. That it's not it's the a choice. Dumb decision. It's not the choice I would have made. It's also you're right. Not the choice I would make. So, it's interesting because this name is so uncommon, but and yet it's become one of the top one thousand girls' names in the United States. That's crazy. There are names that you and I like as baby names. When I was, uh, I bet just my Googling, name Maureen is not even in the top one thousand names. I don't know. We should look it up. But there are names that you and I like that that are on the Social Security database, and they're out of the top one thousand. That are normal, real names. You guys, I just looked it up on Social Security's website. Maureen is not in the top one thousand names for any year of birth beginning with two thousand. Please enter another name. That is so sad. This made-up name is trumping my legitimate Gaelic name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be happy that your name is is more unique. Well, it is unique. Well, I just want to offer that Maureen is a lovely name with reference to Mary. And um, if anyone wants it, I will let you name your adorable baby after me. <laughs> but, but we should point out that Maureen's story is not finished being written down. <laughs> So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So just I'm, be wary. I'm aiming for good, everyone. I'm aiming for good. All right. Before we jump into our marquee topic this week, let's hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. Do you ever listen to an episode of the podcast and think, man, I'd love to give podcasting a try. Or maybe you think to yourself, that Josh, he's a hack. I could do my own show about pop culture. I'd want to keep Maureen though. She's great. Well, I've got good news for you. Anchor, the very platform we use for the podcast, is the easiest way to make a podcast. Their platform is super simple to use and gives you everything you need to make your show in one place, either on your phone or on your computer. And the best part? It's completely free to use. They have the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, and they'll take care of distribution so you can make your voice heard everywhere from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts and more. You can also make money from your podcast, and get this, there is no minimum listenership required to start making money. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, back to the show. Maureen, this week's marquee topic was something that I thought about recently, and I thought it would make a good topic for us to discuss. It did give us homework, though. It did give us homework. We are going to talk about the state of Saturday Night Live at this point in its run on NBC. First, a little background in case you don't know anything about Saturday Night Live or don't know a lot. The show premiered in 1975 and is currently about to wrap up its 44th season. It has one episode left this season. It was created and is still helmed by Lorne Michaels. It's basically a sketch comedy show where they have a celebrity host come on and a musical guest perform at some point during the show. And at this point, it has aired more than 870 episodes and has kickstarted the careers of some of the most successful comedic actors of all time, including, but certainly not limited to, Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, John Belushi, 
Bill Murray, Adam Sandler, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon. I could go on and on and on. But Gilda would, Radner. Yeah, there are so many. I could just, yeah, we'd spend the whole podcast just naming people who've been on Saturday Night Live. So the top three people, if you're curious, the people who have hosted the show in terms of the number of times they've hosted are Alec Baldwin, who has hosted 17 times. And that does not include the times that he has been Donald Trump in the last couple of years. So these are times specifically that he's hosted the show. Then Steve Martin has hosted 15 times. And then surprisingly, John Goodman has hosted 13 times. So those are the top three. And so in order for Maureen and I to talk more intelligently about Saturday Night Live, because it's not a show we watch every week, we did watch the most recent episode, which featured Emma Thompson as the host and the Jonas Brothers as the musical guest. And I just want to talk a little bit about the show overall. And so the first thing I want to ask you, Maureen, and talk through is, what is your summary of the state of the show right now? Do you think it's good? Is it funny? And then we'll go on from there. Yeah. So I've never been a Saturday Night Live super fan, but I watched it. Like I watched it growing up. Like in high school, my brother and I really liked the sketch drunk girl who would sometimes show up on. I mean, this is like totally inappropriate now, but she would show up on the weekend update segments and she was just hilarious. It was like this college girl who was like saying silly things. And my high school brother and I, who didn't drink at the time, thought it was really funny. I do think that it is like one of those things that high schoolers think is yeah. really cool because yeah. it's on at 11.30 at night on Saturday night. Your parents are usually asleep. You can watch it with your parents too. It's not that... Yeah, I, I mean, guess so. Yeah, it's not... I mean, there's some stuff that's a little racy, but it's not like completely inappropriate. No. It's still network television. But it, but it did feel, when I was in high school, I sort of... I was the same way. I sort of tuned in often in high school because it felt like the cool thing to do. Yeah. So I watched it. I mean, I didn't... I don't really watch it now. This is the first time I've watched in a long time. But there's a lot of spinoffs that come out of it and famous people that then go to movies like Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids and Maya Rudolph has done a ton and Kate McKinnon now is starting to do mainstream movies. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. I mean, all those people had their own TV shows. Yeah. Um, I feel like I thought it used to be funnier. Like the Jimmy Fallon days, it was really funny. When Tina Fey was on there, it felt really funny to me. Now it feels like... And maybe it's because I'm the same age or older than a lot of the people on in the cast. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I feel like when the people were older than me, it was funnier. Like I wanna now add- it's just like it feels like they're trying really hard. Yeah, I want to ask what you think is the main cause because I feel the same way. I think it used to be or my perception of it was that it used to be funnier than it is now. And now I just don't find it that funny at all. In fact, I was curious when we were watching this episode, I decided to keep a tracker of how many times Maureen and I each laughed during the show. So it's a 90 minute show. I think there probably were 10 or 11 sketches throughout the entire thing. And then two musical performances from the Jonas Brothers. Firstly, Maureen didn't laugh once in the first 18 minutes of the show. And I didn't laugh once in the first 22 minutes of the show. Well, the opener was like very politically heavy comedy, which isn't my, I don't love that style of comedy. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that later because I think that is one of the issues with the show right now. But the other thing about, you know, how much we laughed throughout, Maureen laughed a total of 17 times, like distinct laughs. I was keeping a tracker and I laughed a total of five times. And, And I was really trying to go in it with an open mind. And I think the thing about Saturday Night Live is the sketches that tend to stand out 
are the ones that get pushed around online now. So you don't even have to watch the show. Someone might just post on social media or you'll read about it on an entertainment site that said this sketch in particular is really funny. Case in point, one of the funniest things I've watched in a long time was when Tom Hanks hosted the show like a year and a half ago, and there was a sketch called David S. Pumpkins. Oh my gosh, I love David Pumpkins. And and the sketch was so goofy, but I think that I didn't realize that I don't I don't think I watched it until it was online. I can't remember at this point, but it was one of those things that started making its rounds online. But that was kind of the only thing you would watch from that episode. Any questions? So you know, I think that you're right. It's It feels like they're trying a little bit too hard. But and every once in a while, they'll do something that's really funny. I think almost the show is too long. 90 minutes is too long. You're, you're not only putting in your A content. You're putting in things that you maybe would have cut. Like if this was a 30-minute show, I or think Or even 60 minutes. Yeah. Well, not even just that that's the length of the show, but they only give themselves five days to put it together. So I wonder if... And, and I want to talk a little bit about this later, too, but we can just talk about it now. Ways that we think the show could be improved. And one of those ways is I was going to suggest that instead of doing a show over a week, do it over two weeks. And then you can really write more, you know, more thoughtfully but and more comedically. Not, no, no, no. That's not the premise. That's not the... The point is that you're not overthinking it. The point is that it's not supposed to be like every other scripted show we're watching. That was just my suggestion. It doesn't have to I be veto. your suggestion. I veto your suggestion. My Thank other for suggestion for things that I think they can improve, and this is something Maureen already mentioned, but mostly the opening of the show nowadays is a political sketch, and usually they have people playing you know, real life characters, Donald Trump and, and Mitch McConnell and real life people. And, and they're sort of spoofing things that have actually happened. And for some reason, even even when I'm aware of what they're talking about, like the specific thing, they did this whole thing about Brett Kavanaugh last year when he was being confirmed as the next Supreme Court justice and Matt Damon came on and played Brett Kavanaugh. Even that, I didn't find that funny because it's almost too ridiculous in real life already and then when they try to have to top that, when they try to have to, that's not a that's not a phrase, when they try to top that on the show, it just feels like there's nowhere to go. It's like it's too over the top at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been doing this the whole time from the show, though. I don't think this is new. I think that they've always done political. They've, I mean, they've made fun of George W. Bush when he was and president. And Clinton. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it's, like, it's gone way back. Yeah, this isn't. that's not a new like element of the show. I think... Right now, it's just that our politics are such a circus anyway. Well, that's what I was saying. Already dominating so much of the media that like you just don't want to hear about it anymore. Or maybe that's just us. Maybe we just don't want to hear about it. Yeah, anymore. I'd be curious to hear what other people think. Like, are the political sketches in particular are they hitting home with other people as well? So I think we've sort of discussed already here that neither of us think it's supremely funny at this point. But there are things that really do stand out. And I think that my favorite part of the show are these pre-film sketches. So they're they're almost like little short films that Do they do all of those in a week? Yeah, they do. That's and and I impressive. find that yeah, I find that really impressive too. So they make these short little they call them digital shorts. This and they started were, with Andy Sandberg, didn't it? Well, I think it was popularized by him, but th- you know, they've been Chronicles doing Chronicles of Narnia. That's yeah, a good one. They've been doing these little short films on the show for years and years and years, and they used to hire directors to come make them and they weren't a huge prominent part of the show and now they you know when Andy Samberg and his crew from the Lonely Island came on to the show as writers and performers 
you know, they popularized this format with very low budget, but very clever and funny things that they would film during the week and then air during the show. And those, to me, are the funniest things that the show airs now. Do you agree? Yeah, I Disagree? think they're really funny. Like the, the, the most I laughed in this episode with Emma Thompson was this whole thing about Mother's Day, you know, and like you're the perfect mother and then you see flashbacks to her not being the perfect mother. I don't know how you did it. Did what, honey? Raised me without going insane. I mean, look at me. I'm a mess. But you, you were just like a perfect mother. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. You were always so calm and sweet with me. That's because every moment was a joy. I don't even remember you ever yelling at me. How could I yell at this face? I don't know why do you think that those types of things are funnier or is it just something that we prefer? I mean, I, I think the other thing that should be said about all of this is that these are just our opinions to people who, you know, like comedic things, but maybe this is just not our particular cup of tea. I think with the videos, the pre-produced videos, they're not live. So they're a little more polished. The timing's a little more on. You're editing out any like awkward silences or reading of the cue cards or remembering what your line is. And it's it looks more like the TV we're used to watching. Whereas like the live segments, you can tell it's like camera one to camera two. It's live. So I think that that is something to keep in mind. But I wonder if that like tightened up timing has something to do with it. I think it. that's a good point because the other thing that you might not know if you don't know much about the background of Saturday Night Live is that they use cue cards. So the actors don't know all of their lines and they're reading most of what they're saying because they're so much to memorize in such a short amount of time. So I think with the pre-film sketches, that stuff is memorized and it is polished, like you said. So I think that that's a good point. And one of my favorite ones came last year. And I think we talked about it on the podcast, but Ryan Gosling was the, was the host. And Papyrus. yeah, there was this whole thing about the font that, the Avatar films used on their movie poster. <laughs> it's like a noir sort of spoof that Ryan Gosling was in. It's really funny. We'll link it in the show notes. Who would you say are your standout performers? In the current cast, Kate McKinnon, Keenan Thompson. Who's been on for 16 years. I know. I guess he's someone who rose to the top, you know, and, and sort of has been a staple of the show since 2003. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I even know any of their other names. Oh, the weird guy, Pete. Pete Davidson? Yeah, but I don't... He was in one thing this episode. He didn't really do much at all. Yeah, I think that then my... there's the two Weekend Update hosts, but I secretly hate the Weekend Update format. Like, I hate it. It's so annoying that they're, like, telling jokes, and they're looking at the camera, and they're, like, <laughs> laughing with the audience and breaking the fourth wall and, like, pointing to their graphics. I straight up hate it. I even hated it when Amy Poehler and Tina faded it together. It's not the content I hate. It's just the format of that segment. But I think that those two, Colin, Jost, and... Michael, Michael Che are probably among the top performers, but that's all they do. So, like, they're writers, right? Yeah, they're. I mean, Colin Jost is the head writer on the show, so he's mostly involved in. He's in the sort head of, writer on the show. He he's looks one like of, He's like twelve. He's one of three. Yeah, I think I, I don't really love Pete Davidson. I don't find him that funny. I don't love his like when he comes on as himself. And that's what he did on Weekend Update this past week. It just seems really out of place. I think my favorite performer is Ad Bryant. And oh, yeah, she wasn't on this one. She was She was in one sketch, I think. But I really like her. We actually got to see her perform at Second City in Chicago like a year or two before she got the call to be, to be on SNL. And Didn't she, she call on you from the stage? 
I don't know if it was her, but someone did, and I was very embarrassed with my terrible, terrible answer. Maureen, go ahead and tell the story to our podcast audience. Josh has a background in improv. He was in his college improv group. You wouldn't know it from this story. And he's really funny, as are many of his friends. And so we went to Second City, and it was like a big deal. Which, if you don't know, Second City is sort of like the Saturday Night Live training ground, essentially. It's in Chicago. It's a sketch comedy group. It's very prestigious. And they pull a lot of people from Second City to go to Saturday Night Live. Okay, so we were at the performance. It's live improv. We have seats like front row. And Josh, they like basically sometimes ask the audience for suggestions. And so the performers, including A.D. Bryant, who wasn't famous yet, were on stage and they look around and they're like, okay, we need a problem in America today. And Josh like raises his hand or like, you know, he was, you really wanted to participate. Like he was like really excited. Yeah, they were looking for suggestions to to start their scene. So Josh is like looking eagerly and they go, you, sir. And he goes, like totally froze up, you guys. And I'm like looking at him like, honey. Anything. Just say, say something. Anything. And Josh goes, uh, joblessness? And and the person on stage was like, okay, joblessness. Joblessness. We're going to go with joblessness, as in I couldn't have said unemployment. <laughs> I could have said anything else. It was hilarious. So they did the whole sketch around that. Yeah, you wouldn't know I had a background in anything funny after that. But yeah, so A.D. Bryant, I think she's my favorite one. She just has a really good comedic timing. I like Kate McKinnon too, but I think that she mostly plays like really out there characters, which can be a lot, you know, during an episode of the show. Anything else on Saturday Night Live? I think you had a question there about the host. Like, does oh, the host yes, yes, make yes, a difference? Yes. And I think the host makes a huge difference. And also when I was growing up, I literally always skipped the musical acts. I hated that part. I was like, who are these weird musicians? We actually last night it was Jonas week. Brothers, yeah. and I was kinda like, You're the highlight of the show for me. And last year, one of your teasers was the musical guest, Maggie Rogers. Oh yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, the, that was the other thing. Thank you for reminding me about the host. I you know, at first I thought maybe it doesn't make such a difference, it but does. the host is in almost every sketch, or if not every sketch, maybe not the very first one. But, you know, it's interesting when you have a comedic actor who is the host, I think that that is the strongest the show can be. So Emma Thompson was fine, but I wouldn't say she's comedic primarily. And so she was okay. But this coming week, the the finale, which will air the day after this podcast drops, is going to be Paul Rudd. And I think that he is kind of like the person you think of as a good host okay, for Saturday Okay, we have to Night watch Night. it, and then next week, as one of our teasers, like, compare them. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know if, if it improved or didn't based on the Ant-Man. host. Yeah. Okay, should we move on to teasers? Yeah, let's do it. Maureen, what is your teaser this week? My teaser is something Josh found for me that he knew I would really like, which is the next preview for Younger, the following season of Younger, which is... I think what? it's on TV land. Yeah, you're right. TV land. I mean, clearly I pay attention i just dvr it anyway this is a show with sutton foster who's a famous broadway star as well and it's been on for a couple of seasons i'm excited for it to come back the trailer looks like they're like really reaching here like it's to the point where like you know when you're watching a show and it's like can't you just let the characters be happy and the writers are like no because then the show's over and it's boring and i think that's what they're dancing on that's the so like how much drama can they possibly like can you just let them be happy already and end it but we'll see and i'll definitely be tuning into this season season six of younger coming soon my teaser this week is is sort of sad story that i read recently fans of the podcast know that maureen and i are 
big fans of Survivor. We talked about it as an entire marquee topic one time. There was a person who appeared on Survivor three times. His name is Jonathan Penner. So this is how I, I was made aware of this story that I'm about to talk about. But his wife is a director and a writer. Her name is Stacy Title. And Stacy and Jonathan Penner worked together for a long time. They were nominated for an Oscar in the 90s for a short film they did. They wrote and directed movies together. And she was gearing up to direct another movie a couple years ago, and she found out that she had ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease. And her condition uh, deteriorated really rapidly. And as of now, she can't really communicate other than, you know, using her eyes to use one of those computer things that can sort of see what letter you're looking at. It's a very slow process. You know, she can't eat on her own. She can't breathe on her own. And yet the article by Amy Wallace that appeared in Vulture, and I'll link it in the show notes, is about how Stacy has decided that she really wants to direct one more movie before she ultimately passes away. And so the article is about sort of her perseverance. And it's just, it's a, it's a hard story to read. It's a terrible, terrible disease. But I thought it was really inspiring that someone who really can't do anything on their own anymore is going to have the courage and conviction to direct her last movie. And her husband, Jonathan Penner, is going to you know help her with it. And they've got a bunch of really good actors like Jason Alexander from Seinfeld and Bob Odenkirk and Courtney B. Vance, who are signed on to the movie, who are all friends of these these people. And so, you know, I just thought it was an interesting article, well worth the read. It's a little bit long, but I think you guys would enjoy it. All right. Well, on that note, that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will be back next week with a new episode. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing the podcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. It's not appropriate for me to say on here. The but F she, word. I mean, yeah. you can use, yeah, yeah. Say, read the tweet and like say okay. the F word. I mean, don't say the F word, just use F word in replacement of the F word. And for all those kids listening, we're talking about the word fun.